It is, uh, is it 2 April? Yeah. It is 2 April. Okay, it's 2 April. It's uh, Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. There's something wrong about Sarasota. Yep, that and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, I uh, had a real surprise today. We had Rick and Donna Steinmetz come in. They uh, were in a Bible class I taught over 13 years ago, and uh, they showed up in the uh, class today, and uh, it's so wonderful to have you guys here. So thank you for making the effort. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Our first uh, section is from Israel, from the BBC. Ban lifted on Israelis' return to evacuated West Bank settlements. This has got the world a little bit riled up. Um, Israel's parliament has voted to allow Israeli citizens back into the sites of four settlements in the occupied West Bank, which were evacuated at the time of the disengagement from Gaza in 2005. There's been international criticism of the bill, as the settlements were built on what the High Court of Justice ruled was private Palestinian land. This is one of the reasons for the judicial reforms going on right there. I'm not going to talk about them in any detail at all, ever, because uh, it's made every news service in the world. But what they are doing is the right thing, despite what the media says on the left, okay? They are doing the right thing with this judicial reform, and I hope they do not stop it. It still has to be signed by an Israeli military commander to be enforced. Some 600,000 Jews live in 140 settlements built since Israel's occupation of the West Bank and East Jerusalem in the 1967 Middle East War. Most of the international community considers the settlements illegal under international law, though Israel disputes this. Almost 18 years ago, Israel's parliament passed a law mandating the unilateral withdrawal from the Gaza Strip as well as the evacuation of four isolated settlements in the northern West Bank. Then Prime Minister Sharon's government said the latter move would help provide Palestinian territorial contiguity in the West Bank and make it easier for Palestinians to live a normal life. Israelis were banned from entering the evacuated area without the permission from the Israeli military. From JNS, U.S. extremely troubled that Knesset rescinded parts of disengagement law. This is U.S. taking a stand against the policy of the Israeli government. The amendments are inconsistent with Israel's recent commitments to de-escalating the Israeli-Palestinian tensions. Just two days ago, Israel reaffirmed its commitment to stop discussion of any new settlements for four months and to stop authorization of any outpost for six months. The changes come at a time of heightened tensions and being especially provocative and counterproductive to efforts to restore some measures of calm as we head into Ramadan, Passover, and the Easter holidays. So blame everything that happens on Israel when they're the ones that are always getting attacked from MSM. Britain, Israel aim to deepen tech trade and security ties. Good. Britain and Israel will sign an agreement aimed at deepening technology, trade, and security ties over the next seven years. Israel's Eli Cohen is visiting London to sign the new roadmap for relations with Britain. Our roadmap will allow us to fully take advantage of the opportunities in areas of mutual interest, including tech, trade, and security. Britain said discussions would also include the recent spike in violence in Israel and the occupied Palestine territories. 
Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the threat posed by Iran. The New Deal includes around $24.5 million of joint funding commitments on technology and innovation. Britain and Israel last year launched negotiations for a new trade agreement and said that deal was a key priority for both governments. A little good news. From the Times of Israel, then we retake Gaza. On the article I just read you one article ago, hardline minister hails repeal of West Bank disengagement. So he's looking even to go back into Gaza. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but that's what they want. A far-right minister in Netanyahu's government said that a law repealing legislation that ordered the evacuation of four West Bank settlements was a step on the way to reoccupying and resettling the Gaza Strip, a move that she acknowledged would cause many casualties Our first step will be to legalize the Homesh Yeshiva, and then we will gradually renew settlement in the area, said Minister of National Missions Orit Strzok, hailing the new legislation in an interview. The next step, she predicted, will be a return to the Gaza Strip. I would guess that won't happen, but, you know, she's got her voice on the far right, and um, that's what she's looking for. From Ynet, Israel outpaces U.S. in opioid use per capita study shows. And we are way, way up among the nations. Israel beats us. According to the study, the consumption of very strong opioid-based painkillers such as fentanyl and oxycodone began to climb between 2011 and 2015. Due to the increase in fentanyl consumption, the rate of opioid consumption in Israel between 2012 and 2015 was the highest among OECD countries. The researchers noted, and the situation has only worsened since then. Fentanyl consumption in Israel continued to rise until 2020 when it was ranked first in the world prescription opioid consumption. I had no idea until I saw that article. Okay, we got some news concerning Christianity. Um, Before I give you that, I'd like to tell you about a couple people that do some things for the church and how you can access material that we have done. Uh, Maya over in the Czech Republic uh, publishes Uh, Bible Bites. If you type in Bible Bites from the Superior Word, this is something that she just wanted to do. She takes the sermons and Bible studies that we do, and she brings them down into one through four-minute bites. And uh, they're always very interesting. She's gone over 500 subscribers, and uh, uh, every day that is the first thing I do after I finish all of my work as I go back and I watch what she's uh, posted, because it's kind of interesting to see just a one or two or three-minute bite of something I had talked about that I'm have just said off the top of my head and don't even remember. and uh, Or she's going through the book of Ruth right now, one bite at a time. And I'm remembering things from Ruth that we did years and years ago that I had completely forgotten. What a great book. What pictures of Jesus. So uh, she does that. We've got uh, Wade out in um, Washington State who has posted over 1,000 of our videos on Sermon Audio. He gets about 30,000 views a week, listen to podcasts, etc. And so if there's anything you ever uh, want to go back and access that we have ever done, he's put every single thing that we have ever recorded from the time on the beach all the way through is on Sermon Audio. And so it's amazing. It's amazing how much work that guy does. And he does it every single day, something that we put out, he puts on Sermon Audio. All of the daily commentaries from the book of Acts that we're in. They're posted, everything. And then finally, this past 
two weeks ago, uh, we got a notice from Amazon that they wanted to put all of our stuff on their podcasts. And so Mike, who's up in New Jersey, took every single thing that we have on podcast and he compiled it and he shoved it on Amazon. And so if you want to access podcasts through Amazon, you can do that as well now. So they're on like 15 different sites, uh, but those are the three that um, you can go to or you can go directly to the church website and try to find it in there. Um, so, uh, but everything is there. It's free. Our copyright at the superior word of everything I've ever typed is you have a right to copy. There's nothing that is sacred to me that I have done that, oh, I'm going to write a book and I want the money from that. Everything we have ever published is for anybody to access and use as they wish. And uh, that's uh, our uh, donation of our time and resources from this church to the world. And I have people that use those things in Bible studies. They use them in their own sermons. They use them in any way they want. They are entitled to do that. Some people have taken them and translated them into German, into uh, Portuguese, into Spanish. Uh, various other countries have asked, can we do this? And I don't know if they've ever done it, but they have a full right to do that. And you do too. So uh, I just want the Word of God out for people to be able to access uh, in any way they can. So there you go. Um, from Breitbart. Vatican tells Muslims Ramadan is important for Christians, too. In a message of good wishes to Muslims around the world, the Vatican's Department of Interreligious Dialogue said that during the month of Ramadan, existing friendships are reinforced and others are built, paving the way for more peaceful, harmonious, and joyful coexistence. This corresponds to the divine will for our communities. Okay, I have no problem with living in peace with people of other religions. We've done that for ever since Christ came, okay? But it is not the divine will for people to stay in those religions. There's one path to restoration with God, and only one, and that is Jesus Christ. And to say something like this is not helping people that are in the default position of condemnation. It's not helping them at all. And indeed, for all members and communities of the one human family. Well, I agreed that the one human family, go read Acts 17.26, or we are all from one blood. But that doesn't mean that every religious expression is valid. There is one proper religious expression. It started in Genesis, and it's gone all the way through the, the line of blood that leads all the way to the Messiah, and his blood alone can atone for the sins before a holy God, the holy God. And such peaceful and friendly coexistence is threatened by extremism, radicalism, polemics, disputes, and religiously motivated violence, the message declares. And these threats are fueled by a culture of hate. Such a culture must be countered and overcome by enhancing instead, enhancing love and friendship, in a particular between Muslims and Christians, due to the bonds that unite us, the Vatican contends. What is needed are respect, goodness, charity, friendship, mutual care for all, forgiveness, cooperation for the common good, help to all those who are in any kind of need, and care for the environment, the text states. A world where justice, peace, fraternity, and prosperity reign, the Almighty and brings joy, calling, therefore, our sincere and shared engagement, it adds. Not one note about the gospel. Not one word about people's need for Jesus. I have no problem with saying we need to get along with people of other religions. If they don't want Jesus, that's fine. But uh, without Jesus, they are the ones that are going to suffer. And he is not willing to evangelize anybody. Breitbart, U.S. bishops ban sex reassignment. No one is born with the wrong body. Amen. This is his 
cardinals that are completely at odds with his stand on these things. The U.S. Catholic bishops have issued guidelines banning surgical and chemical intervention aimed at the exchanging of sex characteristics of a patient's body for those of the opposite sex. I don't know if you saw the tweets that uh, the guy in the White House has uh, put out over the past week, but they are literally, they are literally appalling. The things that he has been putting out on this issue, saying it's a God's divine uh, image that rests upon people that have changed their genders. And I, it's, it, it's crazy what he's putting out. It is, this is a real terrible agenda that is going to destroy this nation. In a doctrinal note, the bishops rule out certain forms of medical interventions in Catholic healthcare institutions, such as puberty blockers and sex reassignment surgery, insisting that they do not promote the authentic good of the human person, but are in fact injurious. Uh, many, many uh, studies have proven this as well, despite what the CDC doesn't tell you. They've got study after study that these are harming to people's health. And once you've made these choices, you are now sterile. You can never have children. And they're not telling 13-year-old girls this when they send them under the uh, uh, knife and change them. Catholic health care services must not perform interventions, whether surgical or chemical, that aim to transform the sexual characteristics of a human body into those of the opposite sex or take part in the development of such procedures. While modern technology offers important interventions that have led to the cure of many maladies and promises for more, the bishops write, it also produces interventions that are injurious to the true flourishing of the human person. The interventions advocated by many as treatments for gender dysphoria or gender incongruence do not respect the fundamental order of the human person as an intrinsic unity of body and soul with a body that is sexually differentiated and thus Catholic health care services must not perform them. Um, one of the things that... Uh, person in a forum at a major college, I can't remember off the top of my head right now, I posted on Twitter this morning, but um, uh, this girl was talking and um, there was a guy in the back that's supposedly a specialist on human anatomy and et cetera, and she said uh, as a question to him, um, if a person dies and in 140 years you dig up his bones, can you tell if it is a male or a female? And he cried out, absolutely not. And the entire group of people laughed at him. I mean, you know, there, there are differences between males and females that cannot be overcome by surgery. If you do DNA testing, that person, it doesn't matter what you do to that person, that person will always be what it was born as, okay, he or she. So the Catholics have got this right in this regard here in America, but the left in this nation has not because this is an agenda against God. It is, it's, you know, the Chinese took it in a different approach, but they did the same thing. Get God out of society. That's all this is. It's just a different approach of doing what the Chinese have done so that you have an irreligious society and you, maybe I'll say it in this one, I might say it next week. Anyway, um, one way or another, oh, it's next week. I put it in yesterday. Um, uh, is that in, I, I won't talk about it because then I won't have that article for next week, but this is what the Chinese are doing just on a different path. The bishops recall a fundamental tenet of the Christian faith that there is an order in the natural world that was designed by its creator, yes, and that this is created order in good. In other words, it's good what God did, and therefore we are called to respect it. Newsmax, Massachusetts governor, pharmacies must stock abortion pills. Now, we've already gone through this in other states. You are forcing private companies to buy a product, okay, which is 
contrary to anything of normalcy in a capitalist society where you say, I can profit from this, I can't profit from that, etc. They're forcing them to do this. And this will go through the courts and it'll be shot down as it always is. But this is... Yeah, well, absolutely. Absolutely. But this is the agenda right now. Breitbart, only Jesus Christ himself, Penn State wrestler Aaron Brooks, takes heat for saying Muhammad is a false prophet. Good. He's making a stand on something. He's got the intestinal fortitude to stand up and say, this is what the Bible proclaims. Okay, we got some news from the Mideast and Africa today. From World Israel News, former U.S. generals urge Biden to arm Israel heavily against Iran. 44 retired officers from the U.S. Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines published an open letter urging the United States to provide advanced weapons to Israel to deter and prevent a nuclear Iran. The letter calls for the delivery to Israel of C-46A aerial refueling tankers, a necessity so they can actually hit Israel, F-15I and F-35 multi-role fighters, and precision-guided bombs. As retired American military leaders who devoted our lives to the defense of our nation, we prefer a diplomatic solution that would genuinely end the threat posed by Iran's escalating nuclear program. But no such deal is imminent. Not realistic, the letter said. The U.S. cannot pursue a deal with Tehran as it brutalizes its own people and provides Russia with arms to target civilians in the Ukraine. Led by Air Force General Chuck Wald, retired, and Navy Vice Admiral John Byrd, retired, the letter said there was only one way to prevent Iran from taking that step. The only thing that can stop Iran from crossing the nuclear threshold is a credible military threat. The letter said only Israel offers that, since it alone demonstrates the will and effectiveness in containing and rolling back Iranian aggression and nuclear development. We saw this in the 80s with Iraq, and, you know, we've got to see it again, or we're going to have another nuclear power that is bent on using their weapons. From Arachiva, Arabic road signs in Germany. Bilingual road signs are symbolic expression of social inclusion. They show that people identify with their district and diversity. Thus, Sami Charkira, counselor of the Greens in Dusseldorf, where for the first time in Germany, road signs in Arabic have been inaugurated. Now listen to what they say here. For several generations, many people, families, and traders of Moroccan and North African origin have lived in the district. They've been there for several generations in the district and have contributed to building Germany. They're acknowledging they're building Germany. Okay, keep going. For this, they deserve respect, admiration, and representation. Morocco's consul Lala Lubna 8 Basidi also praised the decision. I am grateful that integration is being expressed in a way that people from 20 Arab nations can read and understand. How is that integration when you're dividing the nation? None of this, not one word of this makes any sense if you think about it. But this is the feel-good nation that, or world that we're living in right now, where people are accommodating things that should not be accommodated. In the city of Duran, near Dusseldorf, the Turkish faith mosque calls to prayer three times a day, almost like in Islamic countries, according to the Faz 18. They're not, accom- they're not integrating at all. You get the point. I won't read any more of that article. It's just nonsense. Archiva, Palestinian Authority building luxury town for terrorists. Now, remember, Biden started sending them money against the law 
in the past year and a half. The rate of murders of Jews has skyrocketed since then because they are now being funded. They're also taking care of these people that have done these things in a way that will now prompt more people to do it, not less. Money does not solve the problem. It increases the problem. Work began on a neighborhood of 100 luxury villas in Area B, the portion of Judea and Samaria under PA civil jurisdiction and Israeli security jurisdiction. The project developer, al Karame Corporation for Prisoner Housing, is an association whose members have served sentences of at least five years in Israeli prisons for terror-related convictions. The governing board of the corporation boasts family members of notorious terrorists, including Abla Saadat, wife of Ahmad Saadat, Secretary General of the People's Front for the Liberation of Palestine, and Naim al-Sharif, father of Imad al-Sharif, a convicted Hamas terrorist. The exclusive new neighborhood is located in Area B, in the center of the triangle formed by the Jewish communities of Ofra, Atarat, and Shiloh, adjacent to Silwad a Hamas-controlled terror hub that has been the source of many of the most infamous terror attacks against Israelis. They're just shoving it in their face. The Palestinians, both the leadership and the rank-and-file civilian population, idolize terrorists and consider them freedom fighters and martyrs, while the Israeli government agonizes over the morality of deporting the family of terrorists or of instituting the death penalty. While all this hand-wringing and moralizing is going on, Terrorism continues to claim the lives of Israelis throughout the land of Israel. And as we have seen, it's skyrocketing since they started funding it again, since we started funding it again. And the bloody tally of Jewish victims continues to swell. The fact that this new neighborhood overlooks a spot where a Palestinian Arab gunman mowed down 10 Jews and wounded six others drives home the absurdity of the situation. Rather than planting our flag on the spot and redoubling our efforts in the war against terrorism, we are standing by and watching as a new neighborhood for terrorists only take shape. Now we got something interesting from Mongolia, Republic World. Dalai Lama meets Mongolian child revealed as the reincarnation of Tibetan Buddhism leader. Yeah. A boy from Mongolia whose name and age are unclear with U.S. dual nationality has been revealed as the incarnation of the third most important spiritual leader in the Tibetan Buddhism and was pictured for the first time alongside the Dalai Lama. The boy's formal title is the 10th Kalha Jetsundampa, the third most senior lama of Tibetan Buddhism and the head of that faith in Mongolia. Pictures depict the U.S.-born boy in a face mask and wearing a bulky red robe at a ceremony alongside the 87-year-old Dalai Lama in Dharamshala in Himachal Pradesh. So there you go. (laughs) Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. From Breitbart, Stanford researchers. I don't know if you saw this, but we've heard all about the uh, chat GPT and the other AIs that are coming out. Stanford researchers build an AI program similar to ChatGPT for $600. That's how easy it is to do this now. Researchers at Stanford have built an AI that they claim matches the capabilities of OpenAI's ChatGPT, which currently leads the market in consumer-facing AI products. However, while powerful AIs seem to be easy and cheap to build, running them is a different matter. The team at Stanford used LLAMA7B, the smallest and cheapest of Facebook's open source language models, as a basis to create their AI, which the researchers dubbed Alpaca AI. 
So with the Llama 7B model up and running, the Stanford team then basically asked GPT to, this is the one that's currently out there that everybody's using, to take 175 human written instruction, output pairs, and start generating more in the same style and format, 20 at a time. This was automated through one of OpenAI's helpfully provided APIs, and in a short time, the team had some 52,000 sample conversations to use in post-training the Llama model. Generating this bulk training data cost less than $500. Then they used the data to fine-tune the Llama model, a process that took about three hours on eight gigabytes of A100 cloud processing computers. That cost less than $100. Next, they tested the resulting model, which they called Alpaca, against ChatGPT's underlying language model across a variety of domains, including email writing, social media, and productivity tools. Alpaca won 90 of these tests. GPT won 89. $600, and they're defeating what has been out there, which is the best in the world at this time. That's rather amazing. It seems that AIs are relatively cheap to reproduce, However, while creating the technology may be cost-effective, operating it at a scale is a different matter. Every time an AI returns a response to a prompt, it performs billions of calculations in its mission to deliver a useful answer. This requires a great deal of computing power, which is expensive. In the case of one startup, hundreds of thousands of dollars per month were spent trying to meet the user's AI processing requests considerably more than a human employee would have cost. The high operating costs of consumer-facing AI are one of the reasons why Microsoft is pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into a new supercomputer built specifically to support OpenAI and its products. They're all in competition to do this right now. Now, Sergio sent me a message after I sent him this, and this is what he said. This is not a dummy. Everybody here that knows Sergio knows that he is a very intelligent human being. I just had a scary thought. The chat GPT-4V understands context in most complex cases. Imagine if a government installs microphones and cameras absolutely everywhere, including everyone's home. Now, remember, a while ago, we were talking about them getting rid of the gas stoves. And that is not the agenda. That is just, we're going to get rid of gas stoves, and then they'll stand back and say, okay, we're not going to get rid of them, but we need to monitor what's going on in the house. And so they're putting in these uh, monitoring devices. It was a pretext from the beginning, in other words. It's not the gas stoves they're worried about. It's getting into your home that they want, if you remember that article from about three months ago. The problem before was it would be impossible to spy over a billion people. But with chat GPT, it's possible. If it listens to every conversation, just like people have in their houses with all of these devices right now, but now they'll become mandatory because of gas stoves and things like that, it can undermine the intent, intent to harm property, an animal, another human, the government. It understands the intent to share the gospel. Imagine someone could propose this surveillance program under the pretense of eradicating all crime. It's actually possible. This would be Stalin version 2.0. The in invention of ChatGPT is going to help humans in many things, but I'm afraid it's going to do something far scarier than anyone else has ever seen before. Go read the book of Revelation and you'll understand exactly what he is saying. Exactly what we knew was coming is now possible. It's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. 
Mail Online. American College of Physicians warns of urgent threat posed by highly contagious fungus that has a kill rate of 60% and is growing across the U.S., sparking last of us fears. I don't know if you saw The Last of Us. I have not. It's a series that came out, and it's like The Last of Us because of all the plagues and stuff. So it's funny that this is coming out right as that's ending. Cases of the fungus have more than tripled from 1,310 in 2020, which I did report on, to 4,041 in 2021. The number of cases resistant to the main antifungal drug are also increasing. An influential U.S. medical panel is warning about the dangers of a rapidly spreading deadly fungus. A week after the hit zombie show, The Last of Us wrapped up. The American College of Physicians said the rise and spread of antibiotic-resistant cases of Candia auris, also known as C. auris, is especially concerning. Breitbart, CDC, artificial tears products linked to drug-resistant infection, some cases resulting in death and eye removal. If So if you're using artificial tears, make sure that you're using something that has now been not identified by the CDC or somebody else because you can lose your eye. People have actually had their eyeballs surgically removed and people have died from this. From Reuters, vaccine makers prep bird flu shots for humans just in case rich nations lock in supplies. Mail online, got allergies? These are the 20 worst U.S. cities to vacation to and you might want to rethink that trip to Florida. Some 17 out of 20 allergy hotspots in the United States are in the south of the U.S. Experts blamed longer, warmer summers and more mild winters for the ranking. Sarasota, Florida is number six in the world. Something wrong in Sarasota. Morality is declining. I call this the status of states. Breitbart, Biden defense officials defend diversity, equity, inclusion in the military. Of course they do, because they want this military to no longer succeed. Breitbart, Pentagon doctors claim seven-year-olds can consent to puberty blockers. Fox, Columbia Med hosting separate graduation celebrations based on race and sexuality. If you're black, you don't have to have any whiteies around. Gateway Pundit, parental rights end when you send your kids to public school. New Mexico attorney in training session to teachers. You have no rights over your children. CNN, DeSantis administration moves to extend prohibition on teaching sexual orientation and gender to all grades. Right now, it was eighth grade. It's going to all grades. We're not going to infect our children until they are old enough to make their own decisions. From the Washington Examiner, Walt Disney World to host LGBT conference in September. From Fox, Uganda overwhelmingly passes bill that enacts 10-year prison penalty for same-sex relations. Al Jazeera, good. Al Jazeera, Uganda's new anti-homosexuality law bans identification as LGBTQ. Okay, remember that about four months ago, I think it was maybe five months now, Uganda is said to have found supplies of gold in the trillions, like $13 trillion worth of gold. They no longer have to bow the knee to anybody. They can do whatever they want, and they're taking a stand. Some other news from around the world. Breitbart, UK military. UK military would need 10 years warning to fight off Russian invasion, says top general. 
General Sir Richard Barons, who served as the commander of the JFC, which has since been renamed STRATCOM from 2013 until his retirement in 2016, blasted the country's political leadership in Downing Street for failing to understand the paramount importance of being able to defend the realm. During the Cold War, the Army at all times was ready to fight at four hours' notice. When the Cold War ended and there was no sense of existential risk to the United Kingdom, all of that was dismantled. Now we would need five to ten years' notice of a Russian surprise attack to manage to deal with it. That's not a cool place to be. It's deeply disappointing. Now imagine him saying that in a British accent. That's not a cool place to be. Anyway, for comparison, the Russian Federation is approximately 1,350,000 soldiers over 30,000 armored vehicles and approximately 12,500 tanks, while the UK can only boast 137,000 active military personnel, just 5,015 armored vehicles and 227 tanks. Despite the storied history of Britain's Royal Navy, it has also dwindled to just 70 vessels compared to Russia's 605. Now imagine that. This was the greatest fleet on the planet at one time. Russia's clearly angry and rearming, so their capability will be restored. And when the shooting stops in Ukraine, Russia will blame the outcome on us. The former commander warned, we are already in confrontation with Russia. Right now, we have chosen to do very little bit about it. Okay, now remember that Russia has threatened nuclear attacks on the UK within the past year using the, the tidal bomb, the one that they set off under the water, and it can actually flood the what? The Poseidon. the Poseidon. Thank you. All of these things are going on right now, and the UK is worried about other issues, which we'll talk about next week. Last week, Prime Minister Sunak's government pledged to spend an additional $5 billion over the course of the next two years on defense. But this is far below the $11 billion reportedly requested by Defense Secretary Wallace. General Sir Richard noted that the $5 billion would not reverse planned cuts to the Army. They're already down to nothing, and they'll have to cut more, which is expected to decline further by 3,000 troops to just 73,000, as nearly all of the money has already been designated to upgrade the nation's nuclear-armed submarines and restock ammunition stores that have depleted by arms shipments to the Ukraine. It probably suggests the heart of government doesn't really get it. The risks... I and others see are not accepted by the Prime Minister and Chancellor. They are content to spend our money on a whole range of other things and then worry about defense later. American military news. Not to be outdone, the U.S. weapons stockpile 13 years behind in Stinger missile production amid Ukraine war. As the U.S. continues providing Ukraine with billions of dollars in weapons and other aid, Concerns have been raised about how to best manage and improve the U.S.'s domestic stockpile of weapons, which is rapidly dwindling amid the Russia-Ukraine conflict. According to the New York Times, it would take 13 years to replace all the Stinger missiles sent to the Ukraine at the current production rate. Raytheon, the company that makes Javelin missile systems, has even come out and said it would take at least five years at last year's same production rate to fully replenish the number of missiles sent to the Ukrainian battlefield over the previous 10 months. The U.S. currently produces roughly 14,000 rounds of 155-millimeter ammo every month. That's howitzer ammo. And Ukraine has reportedly used that amount in only 48 hours of fighting. They're not paying for it, so they do 
not care. Michael Kaufman and Rob Lee wrote in December that ammunition availability might be the single most important factor that determines the course of the war in 2023. The U.S. has never seen production shortages on ammo and missiles like the one it is currently experiencing. Rising tensions between superpowers and global supply chain shortages have exacerbated this concern. The concerns come after the Biden admin proposed a staggering $842 billion budget for the Pentagon. That's this close to a trillion dollars, and we can't stock our military. According to Business Insider, Kathleen Hicks, the De Deputy Defense Secretary, said earlier this month, when it comes to munitions, make no mistake, we are buying to the limits of the industrial base even as we are expanding those limits. And we're continuing to cut through red tape and accelerate timelines. Just not fast enough. Jerusalem Post. Africa. I didn't know, I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, this is rather important article. Well, maybe not, but it's still cool. Jerusalem Post. Africa is splitting in two as new ocean forms, researchers say. Yes. Tectonic plate shifts in Ethiopia show that the African continent is splitting in two, paving the way for Earth's sixth ocean to emerge, according to researchers. The shift between tectonic plates has been ongoing since the East African Rift, a 35-mile-long crack in Ethiopia's desert, emerged in 2005. The separation of the Somalian tectonic plate and the larger Nubian tectonic plate will effectively split the world's second-largest continent in two a phenomenon that hasn't been observed in hundreds of millions of years. Well, if it wasn't observed then, then we don't know when it happened, okay? <laughs> when South America and Africa were divided into different countries, the findings are based on a 2004 study on the separation of the Somalian tectonic plate and the larger Nubian tectonic plate. The study, which was published in the peer-reviewed scientific journal Earth and Planetary Science Letters, found that the plates separate a few millimeters per year. Currently, landlocked countries in Africa, such as Ethiopia, Kenya, Uganda, and more, will see the introduction of a coastline. Buy your land today, kids. You're going to have your own coastline. Expanding possibilities for trade and production. Further, the split would, would lead to the emergence of a new ocean. The Gulf of Aden and the Red Sea will flood in over the Afar region. Oh, we don't have to worry about global warming and rising sea levels then. And into the East African Rift Valley and become a new ocean. And that part of East Africa will become its own separate small continent. While the splitting of the African continent and the subsequent ocean that would arise holds an abundance of possibilities, the continent will not completely split for another five to 10 million years. <laughs> Mail online. Yes, by the micrometer. But I got to tell you what, if you see the photos of this, this thing is wide and people are there taking selfies. I mean, it's a giant rift. So there you go. Uh, Mail online. Desperate Putin, 70. Brings, now we talked about the uh, Soviet tanks he was bringing back, the T-62s, a couple weeks ago. Listen to this. This is how bad it's getting. Brings Soviet-era T-55 tanks, as old as he is, out of retirement to bolster his faltering war efforts, having already raided museums for T-62 models. Video showing Soviet-era T-54B and T-55A tanks on a train has emerged. They have nothing left. Fox, Brazilian teacher, 71, stabbed to death by student, five others wounded. Knives. We need to ban all knives. <laughs> I know that's not funny, but you know, one of the greatest single 
casualty instances of a person killing other people in a, an attack was in China, where this guy killed 70 people with a knife. Guns are not the problem. They never have been. Do you know that we have the, the single most safe nation on the planet? If you take out the Democrat cities, the large Democrat cities with their crime, we have the safest nation on the planet. Fortune. J.P. Morgan will let consumers pay with their face or palm instead of a card. Gateway Pundit. Panera Bread to introduce palm scanners next month that will store its customers' biometric data for its loyalty program and cashless payment. Book of Revelation, folks. Right here. Right now. From the Hill, Idaho governor signs legislation allowing execution by firing squad. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> I think I'd go with old Sparky. You know, it's a tradition in Florida. From Fox, Cracker Barrel becomes the latest company to flee Portland amid rising crime and retail theft. Everybody's leaving Portland. Who said it? Courage isn't having the strength to go on. It is going on when you don't have the strength. Anybody? Napoleon Bonaparte. What did his wife say every time he went off to war? Don't get blown apart, Bonaparte. That's right. Okay, I got a Catholic for you here this week. Less diverted to his wife. So here's from Kathy. They say there'll be a great divide. Part of Africa's taking a ride. It won't be in my life, though the stories are rife. By then I'll be at Christ's side. I bet Christ will make a new world before this story's unfurled. Yes. We'll give him a cheer when Jesus is near and the portals are shining and pearled. Okay, We've got a little bit of irony and we'll be done. Um, you know, before I read you the irony, I'll remind you as I do each week that this is bad bad news. It's depressing. You think you're depressed? I have to go through hundreds and hundreds of articles every day to give you this report each week. And I cut out most of the bad stuff. I'm talking about things that are so vile, so vulgar, so debilitating that Hidako knows I have to go lie down for 10 minutes every day just to get it out of my head. But I want you to be apprised of what's going on in the world because you're not going to hear these things on the mainstream media for the most part. I do this because I think it's important, but I also want you to not focus on these things. You now know what's going on. Let it go. Focus on Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. You remember last week we did the inheritance of Benjamin. Just, what, nine verses, I think it was, and it was all about Jesus. Every single bit of it was about Jesus. Well, this week, it's taking another angle with the inheritance of Simeon, even fewer verses, and it is following the pattern now. We're following a pattern through the book of Joshua, and you're going to see it. And then next week, we're going to do the inheritance of Zebulun. I'm sorry, not next week. We're going to do Resurrection Day next week, and then in two weeks, if we're still here, we'll do the inheritance of Zebulun, and that will follow after it. Each one becomes more and more incredible. So understand that God has a plan. It's revealed in his word. He's telling us about Jesus and that he has everything taken care of. So don't let the world bring you down. Yes, we had a bad, bad week with the uh, unjust actions taken against President Trump, but there's nothing we can do about that. 
all right? That will play out in the courts. We can keep him in prayer, and we can do what we need to do when the time comes to vote again. But for right now, just know that God has a plan that is bigger than all of these things. And I'll say something about voting. I get very tired of Christians saying, well, voting for Trump is, you're just voting for a savior. I've never heard a Christian say that. We are voting for a leader of a nation. There's one savior and you can't vote for him. It's impossible to vote for a savior. A savior by default cannot be voted for. So when somebody tells you that nonsense because they're too weak to make a stand on issues, explain that Jesus is the savior and we are voting for a leader. From Ebaum's World. Climate activists glue themselves to a tanker full of cooking oil, mistaking it for crude oil. (laughs) Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that's your CG Prophecy Report for the week.